This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. This is Bustin' Loose Baseball with Grant and Danny. Interviews, analytics, and analysis on everything baseball in the nation's capital. Uh, how about, real quick, a Joey Manessis thought. Now, we shouldn't talk much about their game with Japan because it's going to happen tonight and this will be dated, but just specific to how he's played in the WBC in five games, he is nine for 23 at the plate, hitting 391. Obviously, a multi homer game. Everybody saw six runs batted in. He, he did the uh, two homer trick against the Americans, and he's got an OPS over a thousand. Joey Manessis last year was the story in the second half of the season. He was incredible. Danny, I think the expectation from a lot of baseball pundits was. Well, that was cute and fun, but right. this isn't sustainable. I mean, what if Joey Manessis is good? You know, and I have no expectations that he's going to hit 35 homers or, or hit 300. Like, those things are crazy. But I think it's very realistic to say that Manessis could hit 25-plus homers and hit 270 or 275. And that could be better in a lineup with more protection. But he's going to be sandwiched between, like, I don't know, uh, Corey Dickerson and Jamer Candelario. So what, 260 average, maybe a 750 OPS, 775 OPS with 25 power, uh, 25 homers, 25 uh, bombs with the power this year? Like, I could see that, right? That's not crazy. I mean, the bat to ball was there. Uh, that's that's the thing that I've kind of been um, amazed by consistently enough, right, w- with him. So I, I don't know exactly what sort of numbers I'm, I'm prognosticating. I think, I think what you just said is that's part of the, of the potential window where he might settle. I could see a 275, 280 season where he's north of 20 homers, which here would be quite a fine, to be honest with you, right? Um, you know, I, I don't know sustainability. Listen, he had 324, I think, last year with 13 homers, as you said, close to 40 homer pace for the few months that he was up in the major leagues. I don't expect that over 162 games. That's star-level territory, right? I, I don't think that's that. Doesn't mean he's not a really useful big leaguer uh, and can be in a middle or, middle of the order bat with this organization. If he was somewhere else, you know, maybe maybe a 
uh, a six bat or a seven hitter or something like that for a team that's got aspirations uh, of winning in October. But the idea that they found this thing would be just a really nice deal for this organization. I don't say that flippantly either. They need one of these. They need a guy that nobody thought would be a thing to be a thing. They've been completely devoid of those, uh, it seems, for, for years and years here, where a guy that wasn't part of the plans, wasn't really uh, someone that they counted on, sort of emerges and turns into a great story. They've had the opposite happen, where everybody, you know, where Victor Robles, for example, was untradeable. They said no because, uh, you know, when, when the Marlins wanted to include him in a JT Real Muto deal, and they said, no, 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 we can't possibly part with Victor Robles, uh, who got picked off second base the other day, by the way. Uh, we're still doing that here in spring training and won't hit his weight again. So, you know, they need a a, a Manessis kind of era of good feelings type story. I, I love his approach, GP. I love uh, the, the swing path and swing plane where the barrel is getting into the zone, staying in the zone for a long time. He's got a little bit of uh, Nick Castellanos in, in his swing, I see it, uh, in terms of that path and plane. I think he can hit at this level. And, you know, it's easy to say after he hit 324 with, with 13 homers in, uh, you know, whatever many weeks last year. But I could see him having a nice campaign. Again, we're not talking about those lofty all-star type stats. Um, but I think he could be their best offensive player this year. A dubious honor to be sure, but I think he can hit. Yeah, and I always point out with Manessis, and I guess I should point it out here, like it's not like this guy had no track record of being able to hit at the high minors and just emerged from obscurity last year. I mean, we were talking about him on the pod. Yeah, we'd go ahead. By the way, have you noticed this? Yeah. Yeah, like at that point, it was just kind of this minor league free agent Joey Manessis is tearing the cover off the ball. Like he killed the ball at Rochester last year. 20 homers, a 290 average, an 830 OPS, and 96 games. Like there have been seasons where if you look them up, you go, How in the heck was that guy not called to the big leagues? Right. And he just wasn't ever in the, the plan. He wasn't ever part of the crew, the cool kid club that mattered to the organizations he played in. He was just kind of a, a minor league, a roster filler, what they call like an organizational soldier type. Uh, in 2021, he hit two, two, almost 290 with an 860 OPS and, and drove in 70 runs for Boston at AA and AAA. If you go back before that, there, there was a season uh, at the AAA level for Philadelphia in 2018. So think about this. This is five years ago. Yep. He was 26 at the time. Okay, so it's not like he's, oh, that guy's 30. He's not a you know, big league or whatever. He hit 311 with 23 homers and 82 driven in and 130 games in AAA. Now, I'm not here to tell you definitively that if you can hit in AAA, you can hit in the big leagues. But, I mean, he has long mashed at the 3A level. He's a career 295 hitter with power. At the AA level, he's a career 280 hitter. You know, his OPS at AAA, 840. Like, this is not new. This is right. what he's always kind of done. And you always and kind of wonder, like, what does the guy have to do? I, well, I, I yeah, keep hitting hit at the level I'm at. Don't you think I should try to hit the next level? Yeah. The waiver wire. You know, right. you have to not be signed for nothing. Like, let's not pretend like teams aren't, uh, I don't know if prejudice is an okay word to say, but like prejudice against guys like that, right? Like, you know what teams do? They take care of their draft picks. They take care of the guys they've invested money in. Um, it, it's it's hard to break in if you're not wearing one of the members only jackets. Yeah. And I think he's kind of just been a guy. You bring him over and you go, He'll hit. He'll help our minor league team. Like, and you just stash him. And then you're looking for an answer as your team, your big league team is struggling. You're scrolling names. You're like, oh, Manessis is hitting, but he's 
He's Manessis. And, and and you just kind of move along. The other thing is he's never been a prospect because you, you look at it, he, he doesn't really have a defensive position, frankly. I mean, he can play first or corner outfield in that he can stand there with his glove, but it's not particularly pretty or good. So he's kind of a DH. It's not like he hits 40 homers. He hits 20, 25. Um, it's not like he hits 315. You know, he's going to hit 265, 275 probably. So it, it, there's nothing that that is like 70 or 80 on the tools grade. There's no real carrying trait athleticism, meh, body, meh, like the stuff that gets you seen, that makes you a prospect. Do you play a premium position? Are you up the middle? Like all of those things are no's. So I'm not saying anybody like missed on the idea that Joey Manessis should have been this player in the big leagues like seven years ago. What I am saying though is all those things can be true and you can actually be able to roll the pole. Like he can actually right. hit, you know? Yeah, no, it's, it's, I think it's a fair assessment, honestly. But, you know, you, you always kind of wonder – as an organization, this isn't just picking on the Nats. This is, as you mentioned, Phillies, Red Sox. Some teams have been pretty good uh, over those times. You go, like, what does somebody have to do? You know, like, you're, you're preaching these things to these kids, to these young guys coming up, organizational way. We do things this way. Did, did, did that guy do it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, didn't didn't he check at least one box for, uh, I don't know, a cup of coffee at some point? Uh, or, you know, filling in for an injury for a couple of weeks here and there. But but I digress. In, in terms of his season, and in, in terms of what he might mean here, I, I want to pick your brain on this. What's his future here? Let's say he has the kind of year you and I are talking about. Pretty good, right? A, a major league bat at, as you said, a non-premium position. You're hiding him defensively. Does that mean Joy Manessis national for a couple of years? Does that mean Joy Manessis trade chip? Does that mean something in between where are you at on that i think if he has a strong first half um let's say i mean it's unlikely that he's going to be able to repeat what he did in the second half of last year but let's say at about the all-star break you know he's in the double digits and home runs and he's hitting in two upper 270s 280s i think you'd be remiss if you didn't shop him at that point now again the 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 runway is small in terms of teams bringing him in like how many clubs have a dh opening you know and, and and is it a dh opening where you want to use it on manessis right it just depends but like yeah here all he's done is rake okay coming up wbc so assuming he does that again like teams need offense they need power i, I was on uh, mlb network radio this weekend with jim bowden and we were running through the uh jim duquette rather we were running through the american league at, uh, east and we were looking at the the Jays, the Yankees, and the the Rays, who were all kind of given a shot to win that division. Tampa's lineup, New York's lineup, are they're thin. Like these teams need offense, they need run production, they need some power. We're talking about the Yankees; they're so top heavy. They have like four bats at the top. So I, I say that to say that I, I think there's plenty of teams where if someone can hit for a little bit of average and hit the ball over the fence every now and then. You could get something back for that. And I think they're still going to be in a mode this year where pretty much anything that is not like five guys that we've been talking about, not Ruiz, down. Yeah. Garcia and the three arms. I, I don't know why you, you wouldn't be willing to part with it. So yeah, I, I would absolutely put him on the trade block if he gets off to a great start. So I would, and, and I'm, I, I, I echo everything you just said. I, you know, it's one of those things where right now best laid plans, right? Well, you know, uh, Jose Altuve broke his thumb. Now, I'm not saying he's going to go to the Astros and play second base, but 
stuff happens, right? Where your best laid plans and, you know, a, a guy that you thought would produce doesn't or a, a rookie comes up and, and doesn't hit the ground running like you think and you got to shuffle some things. Competitive teams whose window is right now can use the help. So if he's hitting, then I think he could be somebody's asset, right? And and they'll go, yeah, prospect, we'll figure that out later on. We'll keep drafting. And for the Nationals, you could sort of hoard and and uh, and think about the future. I do wonder, though, and this is just me positing out loud, if the, hey, we need something good here might outweigh that. It shouldn't. Because I'm with you. I'm, I'm cutthroat, and, I, and I'm next year, the year beyond. I don't care. But I wonder if they go, this story is awesome. We can sell this, and he's under team control. We can, we can have him for a few years be a nice middle-of-the-order bat if and when we're competitive in, in, in 2025. I don't know if that's no. crazy, but it's not what I would do, but I could see it. So the last part I can't envision, which is like him being a part of the answer in a few years, uh, just based on his age and, and everything else. Having right. said that, I think your point is correct. Like I'm dealing with this emotionless and in a vacuum where I go, this asset is a, a timely piece that I can move now and get something for that I can't get in a year. But you're right. Like people need a reason to go to the ballpark. I mean, it, you're, you're, this team's going to be bad. Yeah. They need a reason to go watch, and he could potentially be one of those reasons. Now, I would say to you, if Josiah Gray throws really well, if Mackenzie Gore becomes a dude, you know, if um, C.J. Abrams has a, a strong year and, and moves up to the top third of the lineup and is a catalyst, like now there's enough to go to the ballpark to see that you don't need the Joey Manessis act. You know what I'm saying? So uh, it's all to be determined probably, but – my hope is Corey Dickerson plays well in the first half. They can flip him. Jamer Candelario has a decent first half. They can move him. Uh, Dominic Smith does something in the first half. They can move him. Like I, I am not getting attached to these guys. And I like, I've always liked Corey Dickerson. I think he can hit. I we like all Dom, the guys you named. Yeah. We had Dom Smith I'm on the spinning. show. <laughs> yeah. What a great guy. Like if you're not, and, and we don't need to go through the names again, but the obvious young guys, if someone wants organizational player of the year, Lane Thomas, he's yours. I, I'm keeping the core and I'm adding as much as I can to the system as they've been doing the last couple of years. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, real quick before we get to Mackenzie Gore, we've got an interview with him coming up here on Bustin' Loose Baseball. Uh, I don't care a lot about spring training production. I will say, though, that spring training is more important for some guys than others. Like, uh, oh, who's the Padres pitcher I was watching the other day? Um, Blake Snell has a, a terrible ERA and is getting rocked this spring. Like, that means nothing to me. I, I don't care about that at all. That guy's a good big leaguer. You know what he is. Yeah, guys with a track record, sure. Mackenzie Gore, I was kind of excited and interested to see what he was going to do this spring. And I'm not sounding any alarms after 14 innings and 21 hits, uh, 12 runs, 11 earned, ERA over seven here. But it has not gone how I would have liked he's striking out basically, you know, a half a batter every inning or so he's got nine strikeouts and in 14 innings. Uh, and he's been hit around a little bit. 
on a scale of one to 10, my concern in terms of his season is like a three, but I will just tell you from a spring training standpoint, it has been disappointing. Uh, we'll ask him about it, but what do you make of it? Yeah, it's, it, it, it makes you ask a question and that's all I'm going to do is say, Hey, does this matter to anybody? This is a data point. Cause we, we don't have that much on Mackenzie Gore. I mean, again, we, we saw him pitch for a little while early last season for San Diego. Uh, he was terrific at times, you know, arm injury starts to creep up so you can sort of explain away the the okay numbers uh for for a young hotly uh highly viewed prospect rather the strikeout numbers kind of make me scratch my head a little bit i want to ask him about that certainly um but yeah i mean you, you know we're not seeing every pitch of spring training here so i don't know how many of those are exit velocity you know triple digits how, how many of those are bullets in the gap how many of those are absolutely crushed and how many are swing and bun infield hits how many are soft contact how many are just you know ground balls with eyes that, that would have been gobbled up by a shift last year that aren't you know and, and we got some of that data but so no concern isn't the right level i mean you always you don't know what what a guy's mandate is when it comes into a start in spring training and again we'll ask him about this but it's like you've got to locate five change-ups to this quadrant i don't give a damn what happens to those change-ups, even if a guy's sitting on them. You've got to locate four curveballs here, two, three sliders here. I want five four-seamers here. I don't know. You don't know what guys are working on uh, to certain degrees. You don't know if he's going, I've got to put the pedal to the metal to make this team, or I'm very concerned about throwing 175 innings for this club. I'm pacing myself. I don't know that. And and that's something we, you know, I'd love to be able to find out. We'll talk to him, obviously, here in a, in a few moments uh, to get some of those details. But you're right. Spring stats, I, I don't overreact to the good ones. I mean, we, we do this annual ritual with Michael A. Taylor for so many years where he's sitting 462 with 11 homers. And I go, I don't care about that from uh, from April until October. Then he's awesome in October, by the way. Um, and I kind of don't overreact to, to negative ones either. It's just, it, it's a question. And that's all I, I kind of treat it as at, at this point. I want to know. Now, if he comes on and says, yeah, I'm really pissed off. This isn't what I want. I'm not pitching well. Okay, I'd like to know about that as well. But but yeah, I, I tend not to overreact, good or bad, uh, to spring numbers. Gore, a top prospect for a couple of years in the minor leagues, is a former number three overall pick at a Whiteville High School in Whiteville, North Carolina. Went to high school um, at, at Whiteville and was drafted out of high school in the top five and immediately started to make his way through the minor leagues. And initially, his numbers were just unheard of. Hit a rough patch in the minors before getting to the show and then broke out last year as one of the best pitchers in the game early on. Ended up getting hurt and kind of coming back to the pack a little bit. And his final ERA was four and a half and 13 starts in 16 games. But he was one of the gotta have it pieces if you were going to trade Juan Soto to San Diego. A lefty who was 24, who sits in the mid 90s, who has got a really good chance to be a, a front of the rotation type starter. And, and that's what the Nats are trying to do is is basically throw enough arms at the board that one of them's going to stick here, right? Maybe it's Cavalli, maybe it's Gore, maybe it's Josiah Gray, but that's what the good teams do. And, and you got five slots. So eventually they'll all be in the rotation, hopefully anyway. But let's get to our conversation with Mackenzie Gore here on Bustin' Loose Baseball.